Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. NYBG's brand new online education program, Plant Studio, offers bite-sized courses tailor-made for you. Guided by plant professionals, dig into botany, floral design, landscape design, and more. Online learning your way. Register at NYBG.org. Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here, in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. It is time for my next guest to update the CV. Dr. Niall Ferguson is the Milbank Family Senior Fellow at the Hoover Institution at Stanford, a Senior Faculty Fellow at the Belfer Center for Science and International Affairs at Harvard, also a visiting professor at the Tsinghua University in Beijing. He's the author of 16 books and now has a new affiliation with the University of Austin. What is the latter, you ask? We're about to find out. Dr. Ferguson, thanks so much for being here. Great to be with you, Michael. Can we talk about the need before we talk about what has just been created? What What is it that causes you to say there's a need out there for a new type of institution of higher learning? Well, I've spent my adult life in universities as an undergraduate, a graduate, a junior fellow, all the way to to being a, a professor at Harvard. Now I'm at Stanford, and I love universities. I believe in universities. I think it's crucial that we have a place where the generations can pass knowledge and wisdom from one from the older to the younger. But the trouble is that in the last, oh, I don't know, let's just say five or 10 years, the atmosphere on colleges, not only in the US, I think it's also true in in the UK, the atmosphere has chilled. There has been an extraordinary erosion of academic freedom, of free speech. And if you just look at surveys, for example, the Heterodox Academy uh, survey that came out uh, not so long ago, 62% of students say they don't feel able to speak their minds on campus. A really large proportion, 85% of students, according to another survey, say that if a professor said something that offended them in a class, they'd report him or her to the university authorities. That's deeply unhealthy. So something's gone wrong. Uh, I could go on and on about what, what's caused it. But I think I've come to the conclusion that we can't fix this problem from within the existing institutions. We need some new institutions. And the University of Austin, I hope, will be one of many that that attempt to remind us all what academic freedom means, what it's for, and why you can't have the pursuit of truth without free speech on a on a campus. You have written that in the past decade, the exhilaration that you experienced as a student in the 80s has been replaced by suffocation to the point that you feel genuinely sorry for today's undergraduates. You also make reference to trigger warnings, safe spaces, preferred pronouns, check privileges, microaggressions, and anti-racism. And further, you cite the case of Trent Colbert. I know this case well because I I hosted him as a guest of mine on CNN. He is the Yale Law student 
who invited his fellow members of the Native American Law Students Association and the Federalist Society to come to a NALSA trap house. Uh, what ended up happening there, Doctor? Well, I th- you may know more than I do about the case, but it's just one of many one could cite. What happened was uh, that he was... I think it's fair to say, bullied and intimidated by uh, Yale Law School administrators to issue a groveling apology. And when he declined to do that, uh, they implied uh, in in conversations that were recorded that it would affect his future career as a lawyer if he didn't eat crow and uh, and, and make an apology that would have acknowledged what there was not, which was some racist intent in this perfectly innocent, light-hearted invitation. Now, what's interesting about the story uh, is that it's one of many that Yale Law School is producing at the moment. There's another case involving my friend Amy Chua, who's clearly been the the victim of of a vendetta, and that's the term used in a lawsuit. Uh, And I think it's just symptomatic of, of what has gone wrong. Far too much power is wielded by administrators, by bureaucrats. They're not professors. They're not students. Uh, They have fancy titles like diversity, equity, and inclusion officers or Title IX officers. Their numbers have exploded. uh, One of the driving uh, forces in the extraordinary growth and the cost of college tuition is that you're paying for all these people whose job seems to be to interfere in the educational process, and in this case, I think very inappropriately to use their power to threaten a student. That's not the culture that a university should have. When I was at Oxford as an undergraduate in the 1980s, I and some friends threw a party to celebrate the deployment of cruise and Pershing missiles by the United States in Europe. Uh, The invitation uh, was designed to be inflammatory. Uh, In those days, you could uh, do such silly things uh, in questionable taste, uh, and uh, there were no consequences because there were no nasty administrators coming insisting that you apologize because of your... Your trigger, or because you had triggered other students, is, given is, offense. Is this the moment that I should acknowledge my hand in the circulation of a flyer on pink paper endorsing the Mondale for President campaign while I was at the Penn Law School? A quote-unquote offense that I've thought about recently because if it happened today, I'd have probably been bounced. Well, you may yet be cancelled retrospectively, Michael, because, of course, in the world of cancel culture, even something There's no that statute of did, limitations, right? There's no statute of limitations, <laughs> right. and nor is there any end to the sentence. You are permanently cancelled for things that you did at the age of 20 if they can only be, if they can only be documented and, and, and then circulated on Twitter. That's the problem. And we, we, we've really moved away from... An atmosphere in which it was understood that students were adults, but they were inexperienced adults, and they were engaged in a kind of experimental process to learn. Uh, And learning involves trial and error. You you don't become a great innovator without some fails along the way. Well, we've now prohibited trial and error, as far as I can see, in American campuses. You can't take a risk. And that's why self-censorship is one of the worst symptoms. There are many others. Cancellations, uh, we've talked about the disinvitation mania that started about a decade ago where 
people would invite a, an eminent speaker and then there would be a petition because they'd said something inappropriate and then the lecture would be publicly cancelled. This happened to my wife, Ayan Hirsi Alice, uh, back in 2014. Now, since then, cancel, uh, this disinvitation and cancel culture has proliferated. So each year there are more cases of this kind of ridiculous behaviour. Okay, I don't want... And that's, I think that's the motivation, one of the motivations. Let me make it clear. It's one of the motivations behind our desire to create a new institution in Austin. But I'd just like to make clear that in my view, it's part of the American tradition to create new institutions. What's weird is that we've stopped doing it. I mean, we basically stopped creating new and, universities and some you time will, ago. you will be as open to progressive perspectives as you wish the aforementioned institutions were to conservative perspectives. That needs to be stated and made very clear, right? Absolutely. Okay. This isn't a conservative project. It's a project in pursuit of truth, meaning. Uh, the pursuit of truth through free thought and free expression. And we will be as open to studying critical race theory as to studying the foundational texts of the Great. Republic. You anticipated, I mean, there's, there's, one, of my, a, you anticipated yeah. one of my questions. Could CRT be taught at the University of Austin? And your answer is yes. Why not? Okay. The question so, is not, it's not, the, but let me make it clear. When, when I talk about teaching, I'm not talking about indoctrination. I'm talking about teaching people to think. When they read the Federalist Papers or a text of critical race theory, they should approach it with the same critical, skeptical mind, not uh, sitting in a docile uh, crowd in a lecture hall imbibing what they're taught. It's, it's really crucial that this institution re returns to the first principles of critical thinking and the Socratic method of teaching where you are engaged in an argument. The best teachers ask their students questions and force the students to think and see if their answers in fact stand up. So I think it's all about moving away from indoctrination, which I think has become far too widespread. There are far too many professors, it seems to me, in the country today who think that their, their role is to be activists. No. Max Weber, the great German sociologist, said politics should stop at the entrance to the lecture hall. I always taught when I was at Harvard and before that at NYU and in Cambridge and Oxford in a way that would have made it difficult for a student to know what my politics actually was. Because I don't think it's appropriate to abuse the power you have as a professor to communicate uh, your own ideological perspectives. Dr. The, Ferguson. The best thing you can do as a professor is to invite students to criticize those very principles that you yourself hold. I have buried the lead and I don't want to run out of time. So what will the University of Austin be? First of all, will it physically exist? It will. Uh, we're in the business at the moment of, of acquiring the land where we will build the campus. Uh, it will be uh, uh, near to uh, Austin, uh, Texas. Uh, we are in fundraising mode. Uh, we have launched this thing, but we're at the design stage. It's a startup. Many people think you can sort of conjure up a full uh, service university overnight, uh, but, but universities, including the most ancient ones, had small beginnings. Oxford, Cambridge, they started small. We're a startup, and we will begin with the summer school. Then we'll create an initial master's program, which will be in entrepreneurship and leadership, and we will build from there until, I hope, within a reasonable time frame, perhaps five years, we'll have an undergraduate program, a liberal arts program, very broad indeed, but, but including... Uh, STEM as well as uh, humanities and, and social sciences. The, the summer that we want the summer school offering that you'll launch with, f quote unquote, forbidden courses. Give me an example. 
Well, one reason we were motivated to move fast was that we saw people being hounded off campuses. the examples that come to mind are Peter Bogosian at Portland State and Kathleen Stock at Sussex in England. And my view was that we needed to create an institution for those people who had been cancelled, who had effectively been driven out of their jobs, because where else were they to go? So the first idea is to have a summer school for precisely people like uh, Peter uh, and, uh, and Kathleen Stock. Uh, and my wife, Ayan Hersi Ali, who's uh, somebody who has extraordinarily interesting uh, views on critical thinking and give them an opportunity uh, to teach uh, the kind of courses that you can't currently get at most major universities so here's, because they're considered too sensitive here's or the too question, offensive. Here's the question that I most wanted to ask, Dr. Niall Ferguson. You ready? I have a son who graduated from, well, I, I, I hate talking in personal terms on air, but I'm going to do it in this case, from an Ivy League institution uh, hoping to go to law school. And he was the president of his fraternity while he was an undergrad and wrestled with how to handle that in the application process because nothing could be more politically incorrect today than to be a member of and president of a fraternity, notwithstanding the fact that he had to be a risk manager, he had to be a a psychologist, he had to be uh, someone concerned about the GPA. I mean, my God, the burden it put on him for a year, you can't imagine, which leads me to this. Will there be a place for fraternities at the University of Austin? I can see no reason why not, uh, because, as I said, students are young adults and they should have a right to voluntary association. I hope it will not be uh, up to the president or uh, the administration of the University of Austin to decide uh, on uh, whether or not fraternities could be formed. That seems to me appropriate. Uh, as something for the students to to do. Just as uh, when I was an undergraduate in Oxford, we had all kinds of societies and and clubs. There aren't fraternities there, but there are similar associations. And the most the university should do is simply keep an eye on those things uh, to make sure that that they don't actually end up uh, bringing disrepute uh, upon the university. And that was exactly the system that worked very well in Oxford. I was part of a conservative discussion group, the Canning Club, which I'm proud to say still exists. Uh, We had most extraordinarily interesting and stimulating time in our meetings. And that's the kind of thing that should happen on a, on a healthy campus. Final question. Uh, why are Steven Pinker and Robert Zimmer, Pinker, of course, from Harvard, Zimmer, the University of Chicago Chancellor, why are they out already? Well, we have uh, a very informal group of advisors. It's not some corporate body with uh, a single view. We just wanted to have a wide range of, of people to help us think about uh, the launch as well as the further development of the of the institution and uh, there's no reason why that body should be uh, permanently fixed in stone it'll probably change over time uh, uh, as was made clear in the statements that they made they decided on balance that uh, they couldn't easily reconcile what they were currently doing uh, with ongoing advice so we thank them very much for the advice that they'd given us uh, they'd given us quite a lot and we're ready to uh, to add uh, new advisors in uh, in the relatively near future. This is uh, this is an extremely difficult undertaking, particularly in the current atmosphere. And we need all the expertise we can get, and it needs to be broadly uh, uh, sweeping across the spectrum of disciplines as well as uh, of, of of political positions. So I I don't think this is at all a big deal, and we look forward to uh, you know to informal advice from them in the future. And, uh, and from, from advice from our other advisors 
uh, in the future too. Now, Ferguson, that was excellent. I wish you all good things, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to continue to monitor this because I'm intrigued and want to see where it goes. I think it's going to go somewhere very special, and uh, I'm excited about it, Michael. I'm glad you are too. Call call Barry Weiss and say, hey, this guy Smirkinish, he just asked an interesting question. What's our position on fraternities? <laughs> well, and sororities too. Of course, uh, I, of course. I, 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 I wouldn't say this was the most important item on our agenda, but it's certainly one that uh, I'm glad you raised. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. That's the University of Austin, ladies and gentlemen. TC, what do you think? Uh, are you first of all? Are you ready? It's old school, it seems to me. Boy, he makes a compelling case, doesn't he? I mean, he really. Yeah, first of all, you know the, the accent situation. I'm just. Oh yeah, we we would listen mean, to but, that for hours. Clearly, um, but I he really when he talks the way he does and. When he says, you know, one insult and all of a sudden the kids are calling the, the to get the a professor kicked out. Obviously, there are horrific cases where there are issues or sexual harassment or whatever the bigger issues are with professors. We're not talking about that. I'm really very interested in this. I have. To oh, say. I am, too. Yeah. Oh, I am, too. I, yeah. I just hope it doesn't. I hope that it doesn't become. A conservative, uh, you know, bastion. I mean, Hillsdale exists for that purpose. And so, no, no, I I liked hearing him say that CRT would absolutely be taught. Yeah, and that's my attitude. Why not? Sure. Of course. And don't be insulted. Open your mind. Listen to everything. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.